Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Y'all don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is June 7th, 2020, this is episode 455. This show, we're going to discuss the NBA's return, the Memorial Day miracle, <laughs> and uh, we're going to mailbag. That's a question for the the Undegoogables. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, this is an epicenter of so much right now, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Last week, nobody got a shout-out. This week, everybody gets a (laughs) shout-out. Very, uh, went out, uh, my wife and I, to uh, protest uh, down in the downtown district and it was a very good vibe on both friday and saturday um lots of good momentum good energy uh, yeah it's good to see the entire country stepping up and not letting this thing die off so shout out everybody shout, shout out. out from indianapolis indiana he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, hope everybody's staying safe. Wash your hands and drink up. Uh, from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Uh, shout out, friend of the show, Greg Wario, new member mm. of the family mm. last week. That's right. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, fool suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Congratulations. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to remind you that uh, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you need to get some stuff for uh, a baby or something, like a newborn baby, uh, you could buy it on Amazon with our uh, referral link. <laughs> you get right. some for like and, a hungry cat, you know, something like that. Right. Or she's not hungry. She's just, I don't know. I don't know. You got to go. <laughs> I love you. I love you. She, she needs her voice heard. She's Don't just silence her, Joey. That's, right. That's what everybody wants. Uh, click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon and do your shopping, Greg. Um, <laughs> that small percentage gets kicked back to us. Uh, so, big news is uh, the NBA is back, or it's going to be back. There are concrete plans uh, for the return. Um, it's going to be on campus in Disney. Is that is that right, Colson? That is correct. So Orlando's got this huge advantage, right? <laughs> <laughs> home, home court, for sure. 
Uh, they, they have three different courts on in the, the facilities there, um, and so I think you can just you can play games at the same time. Uh, they're planning on playing seven or eight games a day for three weeks uh, to get us through the regular season. That's awesome. So then, then um, so I did see that it was twenty-two teams. Uh, so eight teams uh, were left behind. Uh, was it just chosen randomly, or uh... <laughs> I think they were mathematically eliminated? They don't think they could have caught the eighth spot with only eight games remaining. I think that was the okay. Issue. So some of the crappier teams, uh, they said, "You know what? You, your vacation starts early. Uh, don't don't bother showing up to work." Seems good. Huge. I did so. I did notice it was not an equal distribution of uh, conference teams. There's 13 from the West and nine from the East. Uh, is is the East so strong that they don't even need to send as many teams? Well, as you mentioned, Orlando's in the East, so you know why? Why even compete? Just why? There, basically, yeah. So, um, no, yeah. So I guess their rationale was that they took the current 16 playoff teams eight from each conference and then teams that were uh six games or fewer behind the the last playoff spot the ace seed and in the eastern conference uh that included only the washington wizards uh everybody else is horrible so it it does seem strange that the wizards got invited did they just did they think 21 teams would just be too weird I don't know. I mean, it, maybe they needed like at least one non-playoff team from the East, like just to be like, yeah, no, we're we're including people in the East too. Like, yeah. Well, know. they want to set up the possibility of this this uh, play-in tournament for the eight seed, and if you right. took the Wizards out, then there'd be no drama on the East side. Well, I, but I think mostly they wanted an even number of teams so that all of the teams in the that are remaining could play eight games and there wouldn't be any leftovers basically. Okay. Yeah. Not that that has everybody ending up with the same number of games anyway, so that they have to do the final seating, not by strict win loss, but by winning percentage. Yes. Cause all these teams are coming in with different numbers of games played between 63 and 67, I think. Yeah. And they're right. not trying to get to a set number. It's not like some teams will play eight and some plays, teams will play ten. Everybody plays eight. So, yeah, right. it's based on winning percentage. So two teams with the same number of games over 500, the team that has played more is going to be the higher seed, even though they're the same relative to 500, right? Which is a little funky. Games-wise, yeah. Um, it is a little bit funky. The cool thing, I guess, well, I don't know if it's cool, but they're um, the eight games that you will play are selected from your remaining schedule. So, hmm. like, for instance, like the Pacers, I think, have played Philadelphia all the times that we were set to play Philadelphia. And so that means we don't have to play Philadelphia again in the eight. So they did games, their, their best. Yeah, they did their best to reconstruct the schedule to try to. I mean, you can't recreate the strength of schedule because right. all the bad teams aren't around. But yeah, I, I believe that that was the idea. Which yeah. we haven't got to be a schedule yet. Though, no, we haven't. Right? No. No. Yeah. yeah, there's got to be some smart guys in the room trying to figure this stuff out. I'm hoping. I mean, everyone's going to be in the same boat, but I mean, 
you know, people who are going to be able, you know, like everyone should be pretty healthy, which is great. But how do we feel like the Pacers fare in this? uh, And then what was exactly? Did we figure the playoff, uh, uh, the, the playoff format? Yeah, so there's this strange play-in um, where if you're within four games of the eighth seed, uh, you get to play a play-in. Um, if the ninth seed wins the first game, they get a chance to play a second time. And if they win the second game, then they actually get the eighth seed. If you're the eighth seed, you only have to win once against that ninth the ninth team and then you move on so it's just a little bit of play in tournament it makes it a little bit more interesting i guess they're trying to say since there weren't all 82 games let's give it something here i'm i don't know it's possible that we won't even get those games because the it won't be that close i mean most likely it will be in the west but four games is a lot yeah yeah in the east it may not happen though (laughs) yeah most likely not uh because because yeah the, the wizards have no incentive to win um, they're currently locked in at the uh, the ninth spot for the lottery, and any winning they do changes that for them. So. Yeah, they're also not good at playing against good teams, and <laughs> we got rid of all the bad teams, so they're going to play only good teams. Yeah, uh, there's like nobody to beat up on now. Right. And but John Wall's they, not back still, right? Uh, no, as far as I know. Um the uh they won't be able to tank necessarily to like get the number 1 lottery pick necessarily cuz they sort of the teams that did not get invited those guys are locked into their um seeding for uh lottery odds or whatever yeah i don't know the plane should be interesting on some level I'm a little surprised that the NBA didn't just take this opportunity to try something a little bit more dramatic with their playoffs. I mean, they've been talking about for years trying to change it up, you know, one to 16 seating, you know, regardless of conference, all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. It seemed like it would have been an opportune time to try that out since we're already throwing a big ass asterisk on 2019 20. Right. And since, like, no owner is giving up or disproportionately gaining home playoff games right and like extra gate money or anything like that um yeah you would have thought they would have been a little bit more adventurous with it but maybe they can't do it because there's only nine teams in the eastern conference that they invited. <laughs> so that's why they're stuck with that well i you know i do think maybe there was you know, because everything is so up in the air, because they're kind of making this up as they go, like they wanted to make something that felt as close to um, the normal playoffs as possible, to just to sort of bring a level of comfort to it. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's going to be a huge asterisk on this thing, but you know, you don't have a bunch of first or second round like single game el- eliminations or some sort of. Uh, you know, something that's way outside the norm. Um, it's still right. going to be seven-game playoffs um, for every series. And, um, you know, yeah, there's no home court advantage, but ideally you can say the best team won out of that. Right. Well, so I, I did see that they were considering using a 2K crowd noise 
in the stadiums, so it's not oppressively quiet in there. So potentially, and that would depending be tuned, on who your sound guy is. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be tuned to the appropriate home, quote unquote, home team. I presumably so, right? Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Um, do we know about referee? Like, I'm assuming we're just gonna have the normal complement of referees and and whatnot. Man, do you I really want anything to the contrary? Sixty to seventy-five year old people running around out there. Well, but they haven't mentioned anything differently about it. Yeah, right? yeah. You would have thought they would have sort of. It seems like a major thing. <laughs> if they were like, to, ah, we're just calling our own fouls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, they'll have refs. I'm sure. Um, there was some rumor that uh, the. Um, the players were going to allowed to have their families once the playoffs started, like not to not the beginning of the season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that that you could have families and staff in the audience as well for these playoff games. So maybe there'd be a little bit of local noise. I don't know if that would just sound like a, That's a really be even weirder. Yeah, like a low attended like uh, high school game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just hope Where we can it's pick just up your mom cheering for <laughs> it's you. Essentially, what it is, yeah. <laughs> I just hope we can pick up a a little bit more of the just players talking to one another on the floor. Mm. Like, obviously, they don't want us to have full um, access because it's not family friendly at times. Um, but even like the stuff, just like them calling out switches on screens and yelling, you know there's a pick coming and stuff like that and hearing the shoes squeak and all that good stuff I think is um yeah I like that like I used to watch the old uh summer league uh when it was in Orlando and it was just like two guys like the equivalent of us um calling the games you know right you could just stream it and that was great because there was no you didn't have we didn't need fans for that yeah, I think it's going to feel different when it's like LeBron um, instead of like a bunch of guys you've never heard of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to feel weird. I think it'll be novel and interesting for a while, but like we're going to get this for like two and a half months. I think by the end right. with no crowds, it might feel a little eerie. Do you think that they will, um, once it comes to playoff time, they'll like bring in or like redo the courts in like. You know, like oh, so you get your logo and stuff for like home game, yeah. Oh, I like that. Let's do that. Or is it just going to be a generic NBA one, or like put Adam Silver's head on there or something? <laughs> His head in the in the the free throw circle or whatever. Like, yeah, it's perfectly <laughs> round dome. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of work, maybe in the first round, but like maybe maybe as we move further along in the playoffs when there's only so many teams you know well because they have multiple courts so you can imagine that like um yeah you're right as they move along they're just like all right this arena is the pacers arena and that arena is what whoever's arena yeah yeah i don't know yeah it'll be good i mean yeah the 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 bottom line here is that this is exciting that they have at least announced a tentative date of return and a plan and um you know of course this is all tentative 
you know, they're not fully committing to anything yet because obviously there's a pandemic going on and uh, not to mention civic unrest and wherever that's going to lead and all that good stuff. Um, The thing that did a little bit disappoint me is that they don't quite have a plan for how to deal with testing or the medical issue which is like so, the whole purpose of this situation like well i just think like we're working on that don't worry. yeah i think they're <laughs> probably not coming out with like the details of it so that it can stay fluid and like so sure. they're not only criticized for it if i mean i i assume that there's going to be testing every day and that if somebody shows up like they're going to be quarantined you know somebody shows up positive they're going to be quarantined for two weeks or sent home for the remainder of the season or whatever um I'm so right now there's daily testing and they're, you know, they expect to get some positives at some point. Right. So they're not going to shut it down. If that happens, there's going to be either seven or 14 day quarantine at that point. They're going to expand the rosters a little bit so you can sign people in an emergency, but it has to be somebody who's been on a contract at some point this year. So no Jamal Crawford. Sorry. Um, yep. So is so could I just like go sign an all star from a, another NBA team? Is that that's that's <laughs> that's no not one who's under contract. Okay, no. <laughs> uh, probably the Wizards, right? But, yeah, I mean they don't want Bradley Beal. They'll probably after they get eliminated, I'm sure they'll let us. Bar they'll him. just cut him. Yeah, and we can have him. Sure. Uh, so uh, training camp begins. Uh, July 9th in Orlando. Um, the uh, league is supposed to start July 31st. Uh, the draft lottery is supposed to be August 25th. And the NBA draft on October 15th. And next season likely beginning on December 1st. So they give us a bunch of information about what their plans are moving forward. So, um, And the last possible date for a Game 7 would be like October... 12th or something? 12th, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With free agency beginning uh, October 18th. <laughs> right. Man, yeah. this is going to be a lot. So how does this work for next season? Is it? Uh, basically, what? there is no offseason. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, this was your offseason. Hey, everybody got three months off to rest up. Uh, now we're just... This yeah. is going to roll pretty much directly into next season, so... Okay. Training right. camp is so, supposed to start on November 10th. So basically you could have a few days or a couple weeks off yeah, if you want. Yeah, a couple weeks if you're yeah. in the finals, right? Right. Um, but the other thing, I mean, I, I don't think we know all the details of next season yet because at this point they're still planning on uh, Olympics next year. And they do want to be able to let players do that if they're not all too tired. So I don't know what that means for you know next season with a late start. Well, there's lots of questions like that, uh, particularly that are um, you know relevant to Indiana. Um, the the uh, Pacers are supposed to hold the uh, All Star Game here uh, at the uh, Fieldhouse in February. Um, if the um, season starts December first, that means your All Star Game is not going to be in February. So that's got to be moved around, and whether that's still possible, whether we're gonna, whether they're going to have an All Star Game, whether if it's moved, whether we can still do it. So there's lots of stuff that are ramifications from this that um, ramifications for next season is what I'm saying. But the good news is it does seem like owners, players, um, 
and the league agree in theory on most of this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't even think there's actually going to be a formal vote um, by the Players Association. They're just doing individual calls with teams and such. So um, it seems like things are moving forward. Everybody's got the same goal in mind, and they're going to work it out. So be glad you're a basketball fan, not a baseball fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, every day, my friend. Every day. Mm-hmm. Baseball has, like, no plan, right? Uh, well, it just it seems like the league's probably just going to steamroll the Players Association and just, like, buy fiat, create, like, a 48 or 50-game season next year, even though the players don't want to do that. Hmm. So, um, I think the technical term is it's a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. All right. Well, we've got uh, – so, in about a month, training camp starts, and then uh, – a couple weeks of ramping back up and then it sounds like we've got like I don't know like a lot of (laughs) 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 this is our best podcast ever guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, uh, consecutive basketball you know basically two back uh, sort of uh, one and a half seasons back to back and yeah uh, we got a lot going on. Well, and, and this is exciting. Uh, there was the, um, you know, came out in the paper today that um, everyone on the Pacers is completely healthy and and um, ready to go. So you know, uh, the the you know minor injuries to to Brogdon and to you know McDermott. Um, yeah, everybody's ready to go. Yeah, that is great news. Uh, around the league, it looks like Durant will not be coming back this season. Hmm. Um. And also not invited were the Atlanta Hawks, which means it's time to tip a drink for Vince Carter. Oh, old Vince. So he he said no to next season? He said it was going to be his last, and as of now, he is not planning on coming back. Oh. And didn't he hit like He's like 50. Yeah. Didn't he hit like a three-pointer in his last game or whatever? Because they told him like this might be it. Yeah, he did. They like brought him in specially off the bench or something. Yeah, they're like yeah. there were rumors going on that this was his, the last game, and yeah, that's the way to go out. He's good. Is he it? is like fifty? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't gonna. He he didn't he didn't go to the to the uh, Hawks as, to win a ring, was, you know? C- yeah, considering the circumstances, <laughs> it's the way to go. Uh, cheers, Vince. Half man, half amazing. Shut up, Vince. Quite a career. All right, you guys ready to talk about the Memorial Day miracle? Oh, indeed. I think it's, I think it's time. So we've done uh, since since the interruption in uh, the season. We we've, we've uh, gone back to look at some of the older, uh, most important games in franchise history and series. It's the plural of a series. Series is Siri. Serum. Siri. Siri. That's right. So Siri, and we. So we were now on the the Memorial Day Miracle versus a young Shaquille O'Neal. Colson, was this was this one that you wanted you wanted to see this? I requested this game. You know, there's so many things that become part of the lore 
um, of of Pacers past. You know, um, we've been fans of this team for um, most of our lives, and um, one of the things that uh, one of the games that I remembered being amazed by and being really excited about um, was the Memorial Day Miracle. Uh, I remembered it being called that. I vaguely remembered the circumstance. I knew it was on Memorial Day, and I knew it was against Orlando. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so, but I had not revisited it since since the time. So I was what 16 years old when this happened, um, and I hadn't seen it since. And so I requested this, and it was absolutely delightful. I hope everybody else enjoyed this because. Um, this is a great game. Well, yeah, I mean, it was fun since we had done the um, the Knicks series, which preceded this series. So yep, to give a little bit of context, so this game occurs, this is game four of the Eastern Conference Finals of 1995. So uh, in the uh, second round, the Pacers had vanquished uh, the New York Knicks, as we discussed on the pod uh, a few weeks back. In seven uh, games, dramatically. And uh, the Magic had, I don't know, very dramatically as well, uh, ousted the Chicago Bulls in the second round um, with a returning Michael Jordan, who uh, wasn't quite himself, didn't seem like, not not quite in basketball shape. Um, And they, you know, are featuring a dynamic young duo of uh, the aforementioned Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who that year led the league in scoring at 29.5 per. Also uh, snagged 11.4 rebounds a game, which was third in the NBA. Uh, but he was second team All-NBA to David Robinson at the center mm. position that year. Uh, the other uh, half of this duo is uh, one Anthony Penny Hardaway, which some listeners may uh, have forgotten about or never heard of before. Uh, Penny was a super-duper star. He was first-team All-NBA this season, 21-7-4, basically, were his numbers. Tall point guard. 6-7, yeah, point guard. Yeah, super smooth. Yeah, had all the abilities. And then his his career was kind of derailed by... Uh, injuries later on and he never didn't quite have the career that his early years had promised that he might have the announcers uh, comment that he's the best low post player on the team even though they have Shaquille O'Neal so. mm. <laughs> yeah they were wrong about that though. yeah yeah but yeah. It, it just goes to show you his <laughs> skill level um, I was I've, I'd forgotten how good he was um, yeah yeah, for sure. I forgot how good this team was. I mean, they're just surrounded by really competent uh, shooters and veterans. Of course, Grant is not past his prime in this. Um, no. Yeah. And Shaq is entering his and such an athlete at this point, not just a big bruiser, um, although he was that as well. So this is a good team. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so Orlando actually had the best record in the Eastern Conference uh, in 90, 94-95. So they were the one seed, giving them home court advantage, and they won the first two games in Orlando. Series comes back to Indiana, and the the uh, the Pacers take Game Three. 
And now we're into game four, the pivotal game four. Um, you know, this could swing the series. Either you tie it up or you go uh, down three to one and heading back to the to the other guy's uh, gym. Uh, and the, the crowd was into it. Um, much the same crowd as we saw in 95. You know, electricity on fire, as usual. That's right. Rally towels um, everywhere. I had forgotten about the rally towel. Those things were huge. Well, in the 90s. you'd also forgotten about the pinwheels. Yeah, yeah. Pinwheels <laughs> were a big issue. Apparently. They were. They were banned. That's, those. They were been banned, banned right after here. Game Three. Apparently, the Orlando Magic uh, players complained uh, that they was making them dizzy during free throws, and so pinwheels banned. Mm. They gave Which us is balloons an issue to wave. That is revisited. No less than like six times throughout the broadcast. <laughs> they love talking about pinwheels. <laughs> <laughs> Were we the only fan base in the league using pinwheels? I don't know. Must have been. I don't know. I don't know. We'll bring it back in the playoffs. That's right. Next year, I guess. Maybe, maybe this year. Why not? Just <laughs> we have like our <laughs> our athletic trainers just in the <laughs> behind the. <laughs> blowing on the pen <laughs> I don't remember what these they never showed us what the pinwheels look like in the broadcast uh, they, I, I remember I mean they were red they were, they were blue and gold and they were I mean they're little uh, bitty okay. things and yeah yeah you probably still have one don't you Colson? I probably do so well I, I think I had one laying around for years but I don't have it anymore okay gotcha <laughs> well anyway okay so the this this game starts out um we get we get a recap from game three. What was the key um, for the Pacers in that game? Can you guys guess in 1995 what was the key for the Pacers winning in game three? Was it uh, big man fouls? Yeah, it was getting Shaq in foul trouble. Let's get the big <laughs> yeah. guy in foul trouble. Then he got a shot to win. God, I wish I had a time machine. I could be a 90s <laughs> NBA coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know all you need to know. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. And so, Similar uh, story this game too, right? We're just—it's just the whole thing is a chess match with fouls. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so the Pacers start the game. Actually, Shaq draws a foul in like the first thirty seconds or something like that. Jackson hits a three, but other than that, Orlando is just smoking us, basically yep. <laughs> out of the gate. Uh, six Orlando, of six to start out. Yeah, Orlando cannot miss. They get up fifteen to three uh, in about two and a half minutes or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so not looking good for the home team. But our strategy triggers in. And Shaq gets his second foul. And so that means he has to go to the bench uh, midway through the, the first quarter. And this leads immediately to the Pacers actually playing good basketball again right away. Oh, Tree Rollins. We get a Tree Rollins appearance. Yeah, yeah we do. We do. Player coach, player Tree coach. Rollins. Player coach, player. that's right. He was a player coach. <laughs> yeah. Can you, I mean, who's the last player coach? I mean, is it Tree Rollins? Like, have we had a player coach in recent history? Uh, do you count LeBron? I mean, no. I mean, he doesn't get the title. Of course, he's okay, coaching, gotcha. but he got the official title of player coach. It's great. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, the. Orlando starts out hot, but then they go completely broke. Pacers go on like an 11-0 run. Yeah, which I give credit to uh, the bench for. So, I mean, basically we're playing Reggie with the bench, and it's like Smitch and like Dwayne Farrell. 
you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, Haywood Workman, uh, An- uh, Antonio Davis. Like we, uh, they just came in and they just uh, and Byron Scott, um, and and they, they were playing small and they were just swarming everybody and doubling and. Or no, yeah, Byron wasn't that, at that point. But. That was a bit later. Like the the yeah. starters actually put on a run. Uh, oh yeah, sure. No, 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 they did. Reg hit a three. Jackson with a fast break. Yeah, just Smiths was hitting bunnies. Um, but I thought I thought the the bench came in well at the end of the the quarter to to get us uh, all tied up to twenty six. For sure, for sure. Um, and they're playing, um, you know, Orlando's tough bench. We mentioned how good they were. Jeff Turner, of course. Everybody knows the legend of Jeff Turner, right? Well, he comes in and immediately hits a three. And I was like, I've never even heard of this dude. He's the OG, he's the OG stretch five. I mean, yeah. you know, that's Apparently. like what he is. His whole plan was just pull Smiths away from the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, um, so we were going one-on-one against Shaq, and they were doubling Smiths every time he touched the ball, which I thought was really interesting because... Um, We've got Shaq on Smith. You'd think that's all they needed, but... It was not. They were afraid of him offensively. Yeah. Shaq had a quote that was like, I can't guard this dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. It's like... Yeah, I think it was Shaq's difficulty in, like, Smith is a good low post player, and Shaq's a young guy. He hasn't quite figured out post-defense. All the little tricks. Um, and, And, you know... Given the proclivity of Shaq to pick up fouls, I think the idea was get the ball out of Smith's hands before Shaq can pick up fouls. Fall, yeah, fall for the third head fake that he's going to get down there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and Smith does an amazing job in this game. Um, he he gets doubled all the time and starts passing out and ends up with a career playoff high in assists. Yes, indeed. Of how many? What did he? Have? Seven. Twenty. Wow. You got seven boards and seven assists. It's a very unsmith-like wow. game. <laughs> what's up? What's up with seven boards? That's not the Smiths I know and love. Where's my three rebound game? Yeah, <laughs> looking for thirty-two and one. <laughs> right. My favorite moment of the first quarter, though, was uh, mm. there was a play. Uh, uh, Dennis Scott gets called for a foul, an offensive foul or something like that, and he. <clears throat> just tosses the ball behind him like straight into Hay- Haywood Workman's family jewels and gets called for a technical foul. The best part about that though is that Haywood Workman like doesn't react at all. He's just like got his hands up the ball, <laughs> the ball just nails it <laughs> and he just like doesn't flinch at all. It's crazy. Um, okay, so the Pacers finish up that quarter uh, it's tied which is a fair result from that quarter. They started out hot, and then we got hot, and take that all day. We're all even. Yep. Um, so the beginning of the second, they show a graphic that blew my mind. Penny Hardaway is shooting sixty-five percent from three for the series, not just yeah, not just last game, but for the series. Um, and in the first half, he continues to hit threes. I think he cools down a little bit in the second half, but um, he also dunks a lot on us. Violently, uh, he had a uh, definitely a poster over Schmitz in this one. Uh, uh, no, uh, not Smiths over uh, Sam Mitchell. Uh, Smitch, <laughs> it's it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> he got Schm- he got Smitch. And I think he got Reggie or somebody else too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he just he was just posterizing everybody. Um, I was impressed with our defense in this game. You know, we were, remember 
uh, we were talking uh, the the previous series um, about um, you know I think we were the third best defensive team in the league and and uh, the Knicks were the second or something like that. Um, we look really good in defensively in this game, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just we're rotating hard, we're recovering, we're doubling, we're helping, um, and. It leads to a lot of fast breaks and looks a little bit like modern basketball because compared to that uh, that series against the Knicks, which is just a slog every <laughs> every time down the court. Yeah, that was one of the notes that I made was that the the pace in this game is just so much more entertaining. Yeah, um, and it's the same the, like year. The Pacers were playing defense <laughs> and getting turnovers, and I mean, Orlando likes to play at play pace anyway, um, and they especially in the second half are starting to. Force a bunch of turnovers and get fast breaks and whatnot. Um, the other thing is that how athletic Shaquille O'Neal was at this time. I mean, he runs like a, a gazelle, basically. It's nuts. And he would just sprint down the floor and get these like gray looks. So, second quarter is sort of back and forth for the first half or so. Let's see. And then uh, again, it gets back to foul trouble. So, Shaq picks up his third on a sort of a dumb reach-in foul. Smith's kind of, like, blows by him, and, and Shaq tries to knock it away. Yeah. Um, that's it about the five minutes mark. The Pacers are up by four at this point. I guess they had been playing pretty well. Um, but don't exactly capitalize in that five-minute stretch uh, where Shaq was not on the floor there. They end up uh, ending the, the, the half up only six. I guess at that point, which I thought well, was a it, missed opportunity in this game. Well, well, we did go on a seven zero run to end the, the half, but you're right. We 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 didn't. Shaq was out much longer than that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We didn't yeah. we didn't make that push until the very end of the quarter. Um, and um, really, it was it was Penny and Dennis Scott were like making things happen for Orlando. Yeah. Um, we did get out of the half. Uh, Rick Smith with zero fouls. So yeah, if you're doing the math. Of big men fouls is, is how you the win game. these games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Shaq has three, Smith has zero. We win the game. So <laughs> going into halftime, come back out. Uh, let's see, Pacers really open up the third quarter, uh, a la the '98 Chicago Bulls, and kind of put it on the the Magic there, relatively quickly. Pacers are up by ten or twelve uh, at some point here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We get a couple back to back Shaquille O'Neal bricked dunks, which is pretty great. Uh, the first one on the lob, he tried to just destroy the rim, but missed. The rebound goes out to the three <laughs> three point line. And yeah. then the next time down, he abuses Rick Smith and then is just going to dunk over him, uh, but just missed, I guess. Well. Flagrant well. goaltend from Sam Mitchell on that one, but uh, they didn't call it. So, oh, it was Smith on that. Oh yeah, because he got fouled. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, <coughs> he did not hit his free throws. No, no. God, <laughs> so he does that. He like he guides one handed at one handed, yeah. and they're so bad. Does he hit a single free throw in this game? No, he goes he was, oh, of, I mean zero oh, of eight. eight. Yeah, say spoiler. Alert. Oh no, man! Um, one of the things that I, one of my notes is, and this had happened in the first quarter as well, but um, just the juxtaposition of uh, Mark Jackson in that New York series compared to this one, 
when Smith gets doubled and he's passing out to Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson is ready and confident with that three point shot. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what he ends up with, probably only like two of three or, or three of four or something like that, but he just looks better. I felt like that New York series was just destroying his confidence, but just, just a series later, he just looks in command. Well, it was that, and um, he. The defensive force of uh, the Magic is not that great. So they were doubling Smiths every time, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Typically, uh, Penny would double down off of Jackson. <clears throat> and there were several times that Smiths, as you mentioned before, was passing well out of the post. And a lot of times he would give it right back to Jackson, who would attack. And Penny was doing a horrible job of like preventing dribble penetration. And Mark Jackson's at his best when he can get into the lane and find people to dish off to, right? So he created a bunch of stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I thought we had a lot of open looks in this game, which we start missing a lot of at the end of the third quarter. And I think that's the only reason the Magic get back in this game. We just are missing open looks. I mean, give credit to Orlando. They picked up their D quite a bit. Penny Hardaway started taking over a little bit. Um he had like three or four straight trips down the where he got huge dunks or yeah the know, sti- they, the sti- they, they, they were definitely in stuff. the passing lanes for sure yeah they 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 were uh, scarier in the passing lanes than they were on one on one defense i thought <laughs> for sure yeah. <clears throat> so they end the quarter on a 14 to 6 run uh which is not great uh but the pace is still up 75 to 71 at this point so up four uh and now we get to the exciting fourth quarter which really doesn't get exciting until the very very end of it <laughs> like it's kind of not great basketball i guess especially We're super the Pacers. cold yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't score for like four minutes <laughs> yeah. not good uh that's right and and so Orlando continues playing well, but they really could have done much more damage. They started out the quarter 12-2, to two, though, uh, basically after about seven minutes. Um, so they're up, what are they up at that point? Six or something like that, all of a sudden. Uh, and then the foul trouble gets in our favor. Horace Grant picks up two fouls in like consecutive possessions to get him quickly at five fouls um so there's a yeah um smith has a nice block on shack um and then back on our end uh shack fouls uh antonio davis for his fifth foul um and then um shack goes to the line with uh i don't know about two minutes to go um, he misses another big slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to the line and misses two more free throws. And then Smith's on the other end uh, gets the hoop and the harm. Answers it with an and one. And uh, suddenly we're all tied at uh, 87, I believe, with about a minute and a half to go. That's right. Minute and a half left. Tied at 87. Uh... We go to Smith's in the post. He draws a foul on uh, Rollins at this point. Oh, Grant has fouled out. Oh, this was a key possession, too. Okay, so there's two minutes left. Uh, Horace Grant fouls out 
on he's he's guarding Rick Smiths in the post now because Shaq has five, so they don't want to right. put him on him. Um, the very next position possession, Shaq picks up his sixth foul, uh, trying to get post position uh, in the middle of the lane against Rick Smiths, who does the most disgusting flop I've ever seen, but somehow the ref goes for it. Like, and it's like, yep, you're out of here. Offensive like, foul for us to foul out. Yeah. Rick, Rick like started to flop and then was like, Oh, I shouldn't flop. And then he was like, Oh no, I better flop. It's <laughs> like bot committed at that point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now we have uh, yeah, so they're no starting Shaq, front court is no out. Horace Grant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Smith's, Gets the line, makes a couple. So we're up two. Um, the then Orlando, there's like thirty five seconds left at this point. They're down one, and they're sort of just taking forever on this possession. Uh, eventually, Penny drives in, creates a little space, and flips it out to Brian Shaw, future Pacer, hopefully head coach Brian Shaw. Um, <laughs> Who hits a three from their wing. So now Orlando is up one with 13 seconds left. And sort of this is when all the madness begins at some level. Although it's controlled madness because everybody has a million timeouts. Okay? Right. So <laughs> Brian Shaw hits a three. With 13 uh, seconds to go, which puts them up one. Orlando goes up one, so we call a timeout. Yeah. And we say, okay, let's run a play. And we run this down screen for Reggie Miller. Uh, get him a nice look from the wing. He hits a three. Drills it. Well, yeah. I think we actually ran a play for Rick Smith, but uh, <laughs> I think Reg just said to hell with it. <laughs> no, I thought that play was for, for Reg. They just couldn't get the ball into Jackson, so they threw it to Rick first. That's what I thought. My, that might have been the next position. Okay. Anywho. They, There's yeah, absolutely so anywho. bedlam. The, the, the entire, yeah. The arena loses its mind. Reggie has done it again. That's right. Uh, he's so hit a three. We're Reg up hits two. a three, puts us up two with five seconds left. That's Orlando right. calls a timeout. So now, Orlando inbounds it. Uh, they put it in the hands of Penny Hardaway, who gets it, makes a little move, and then hits the most ridiculous three-point shot I've ever seen. So he's stupid. Jumping, he's on the left wing, and he's jumping to the left, almost mm-hmm. facing out of bounds and he turns and like flicks it up and just nails it like nothing but net it's fairly contested he's leaning like to to get out of the way of the defender like it's it doesn't make sense i don't know why it goes in (laughs) i was not okay with that at the time i wasn't okay with it rewatching it it's crap if if yeah whatever it goes though and uh, the Magic are up, Magic are up one, ninety three, ninety two, with one point three seconds to go. And then is the super duper good play. So who knows what they drew up in the huddle, but what ends up happening is uh, Smiths flashes to the to the elbow, basically. Gets the inbounds pass, turns... Oh, no, from McKee. You gotta say this. McKee is, like, at half court. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought this was a, a beautiful, super long pass. It was, yeah. Through through traffic right to Smits. Uh, and so Smits turns, pump fakes, 
whoever's guarding him, I forget who it's it is. Rollins like, again. Tree yeah. Rollins goes flying yeah. out of the way. He had already know. shown him that move once, and yeah, Tree didn't learn anything the first time. <laughs> 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 Player coach Tree Rollins needed to be coached up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Smith just ducks under and does this little floater jumper from the elbow and and swishes it as the buzzer goes off. Pacers win. Pacers win. 94-93. Amazing. So four lead changes in 13 seconds there in the last bit, which yeah. was insane. Yeah. And like 11 points. Yeah. <laughs> For a game you, that hadn't been a lot of scoring. <laughs> right. So. right. Do, you guys, do you guys think you got it off on, in time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, Holmes, so, I work on the clock, Joey. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I basically, I never, I, I couldn't convince myself that it was. I never saw anything uh, incontrovertible that it was. It was late, but uh, it was so close. Yeah, it was very it was close, so close. And it's all he does a like a full up and under move in a yeah. in a second and one point three. Like it's a yeah. full a slow rig Smith. Yeah, exactly. yeah. right. <laughs> Like it's a full move, um, so yeah. yeah, I understand why you you're a little concerned. But if you look right. at the clock, it, it's it's clear that he got it off in time. I'm just not sure when the clock started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is in the era of the NBA before they had the lights that went off on right. the. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the carnival atmosphere as uh, Mark Boyle likes like to call it uh, <laughs> when they first put in the all these lights that go off around right. the backboard. You know. So that you could time it up, but heck of a win! Heck of a oh, win! And for the yeah, side. everybody just piles on top of Rick Smiths. Everybody's elated, uh, except uh, except Derek McKee, who's just got this kind of smart ass grin. Like I knew that was going to happen. He's just walking <laughs> to the bench. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. And O'Neill has to live with his three missed dunks, eight missed free throws, and foul out. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't right. put us. Couldn't, couldn't go he up 3-1 on us. He was not a happy camper going into the tunnel. Uh, he was not, no. Um, I, he was hung over or something. He scored 71 in the first two games or something. He just did not play as as well at our house in this series. No. Uh, they did have, if I'm correct, the the best home record in the East that season. Um, yes, and they were 39-2 they like at home. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they're definitely better at home. They're maybe not as good on the road. Typical of a young team. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't uh, mention Reggie Miller much in this game, but he was our leading scorer. I mean, other than him hitting that three sort of at the end there. He hit clutch shots throughout, though, I thought. Um, yep. uh, mostly from three-point range. He was, what, five of nine from three-point mm-hmm. range. But he did have a couple sweet like drives when we needed a bucket and like got a bucket. Uh, yeah, a layup or whatever. attacking the basket or got sure. himself to yeah. the line. Yeah. yeah, five boards too. Yeah, it's a good yeah. effort. Yeah, they kept talking about how the Pacers were like killing the magic on the glass, but it wasn't. It was much closer than I than overall. It by it was thirty eight thirty seven, so it was yeah. clearly close. And even by eye, I was like. I don't think we're yeah. killing them on the glass. <laughs> Marv Albers continuously like we're pisses are dominating the glass on both ends. I'm like, are, are we though? 
I think we had a good first quarter, and he just never like checked the stats again. Just never That's updated. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. At one point, they were uh, like uh, frantically trying to find out what the most missed free throws without a make was in a yeah. game. They I never think, figured I, that. I'm out. not sure they ever got that either. No, no, no. Hmm. Uh, uh, they didn't internet. have the. Uh, there was no internet at the in the truck at that point. I no. Think. <laughs> there was dial up. It took too long. So yeah, the the uh, post game interview is both with uh, Smiths and Reggie. Um, they both had game winners essentially in this one, and uh, uh, I thought Reggie did a nice job of giving the credit to uh, the big fella. So heck of a win! I, I I had forgotten all the details of this game, but I had remembered this feeling of joy, and it, it did come back to me. Uh, in that, in those final minutes, what a, what a heck of a win! Unbelievable. I mean, you just there's just so much emotion. Like with 13 seconds, you're like, oh, we fucking lost this game. Really, can't believe it. We're at home. We're down three one. And then Reggie hits a shot, and you're like, yes, yes, Reggie hit a shot yet again. And then Penny hits that the most ridiculous three that so pissed me off. And I'm like, how are we gonna lose this way? And go down three one, and yeah. then and then Smits. My goodness, it's just a roller coaster of emotion. It was. It was. Um, we're, we're not going to do any of the games in the rest of the series because it sucked. So, <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, game five was super uh, exciting and close, actually. Orlando ends up winning that. But then game six and seven were both blowouts. Indiana wins game six, and Orlando wins game seven to go to the yeah. finals there. First five games decided by a total of 15 points, and the last two was like 60 or something. Very weird. Very <laughs> it was weird. weird. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's that's the Memorial Day miracle. So, you're saying well, game five was our missed opportunity? Is what you're saying? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Or, like, yeah, or show up for a game seven. Would, would have been <laughs> nice. You know? <laughs> Sure. Uh, I do have to give a wag of my finger to the San Antonio Spurs, um, who uh, Sean Elliott's three-pointer came on Memorial Day as well. So if you Google Memorial Day Miracle, you get the Spurs. Ugh. So. Well, we know yeah. that uh, that it's ours. We do. We had we it first. It. We did it first, right. For sure. I got to say, Sean Elliott's shot was a little more impressive than Rex, but... Yeah, but I mean, you know, not as impressive as Penny's though. <laughs> the miracle is overcoming Penny's miracle shot. Yeah. Memorial Day is is uh, our towns, right? From the race weekend, like we, it should be ours. Let's get this. That was a Memorial Day miracle, the real one. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> Don't look. We're it gonna up. take a quick. It's <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but uh, we'll be back in the second half with an under Google Ball.
back. Break. Uh, gentlemen, we uh, we got it under Google, but before that, you got my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. I got a, you know, I know the NBA training camp doesn't start till ju- uh, next month, July, but uh, I, we gotta, you know, we gotta get in our uh, game shape first. So I need an extra month beforehand. <laughs> it's your training camp. My training. This is my training camp. Um, so this this uh, this show I start of the week is uh, it's about the risk of being uh, killed by a police officer. Oh jeez. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so good news out there if you are uh, a female or Asian American or uh, Asian or Pacific Islander. Uh, your your uh, chances of getting getting killed by a police officer are pretty low. Pretty, pretty low. Uh, bad news is, if you are anybody else, you, you, you should probably watch out. Uh, so, uh, per fif- uh, there's 50, the, the sort of overall average for everybody combined. Uh, per 100,000, uh, your lifetime risk of being killed by police, uh, only 50 out of uh, every 100,000 people. Uh, so it's like really one in one in two thousand or so. Uh, that's how you're going to die is by the uh, police. God, that seems um, high. It does seem high. Uh, it's very high. Uh, but that's that's overall average. Uh, you know, if you're white, it's uh, so that's so it's fifty total. Uh, if you're white, it's about uh, uh, let's see, about thirty thirty two or so. So you know, below uh, below that. So all of us like. Kind of do it, you know, not whatever you want, but like, you know, <laughs> you don't have to watch your mouth so much. Uh, but uh, if you're African American, it's more than double that. Uh, it's it's a uh, hundred, almost almost a hundred per one hundred thousand, almost one in a thousand, uh, and that's almost entirely males. Um, they will die by the police um, in their lifetime. Um, so. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, Super hello? Is this, is this on? Is this on? <laughs> um, Stay safe out there, Pacer Nation. Yeah. There's also a, a website called mappingpoliceviolence.org. Uh, there's a bunch of really interesting stats on here. Um, uh, it seems like that the the uh, there's not really a correlation between the uh, amount of crime and... Um, the rate of uh, police killing people—it's um, just like unrelated. Um, hmm. Hmm. On those notes, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, even though I asked for a, a non-depressing stat, um, but that's fine. Uh, there are okay. So um, another stat. So things that people have started to do research, I guess, of policies that different police departments have in place and how well they are correlated with um, police brutality and deaths associated or deaths at police hands. And there are eight policies that they have found lead to reductions in um, these incidents. And they have created this site. It's called eight can't wait the number eight can't wait.org. Um, and so you can go and look and they looked at the, I think the hundred most populous cities, um, in the country. And you can look at your city and see 
which of those policies your local police department um, has in place and which they don't. And so that's a really good tool because a, a lot of, um, you know, the protests and activism and all that stuff now is, is great. We're, it, it's clear that there is a movement in this country to address this issue, but then the question is how do we address this? And so it seems that there there are ways to address this, right? There are policies that help these things. And so uh, check out your city, see if, if they have not um, enacted those policies, make your you know local representative, your mayor, your city council, uh, make them aware and yeah, put so, them in place. Yeah. Uh, Hogshead has uh, agreed to do some, if not all, of the eight. Um, okay, recently, cool. Just just in the last couple of days, so we had that's good. Like none Indiana, of Indianapolis had one. Of yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, they, they they require a warning before shooting. So that yeah. was nice. Yeah. So they're gonna um, they're making uh, chokeholds illegal and whatnot, and and hitting a lot of these these eight now. So that's great. That's good. good. I hit them with a baton, man. <laughs> no, no, I think you're you're, you're right. You're misinterpreting the. Okay. Okay. The lesson. All right, Jason. Um, I found one uh, a stat that you might like. Maybe put a little smile on your face. Okay. Cool. All right. This one is uh, that the average American believes that they are smarter than the average American. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fifty-five percent of people polled said they were thought they were smarter than the average American. Oh, that's lower so. than I thought it would be. Thirty-five <laughs> percent thought they were only as smart as everyone else. Anyway, and then what? There was like ten percent of people that were like, the rest, we at, "Like, we, yeah, I'm definitely dumber." <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> Say it slower and louder, please. I'm definitely real dumb. <laughs> All right, we got an undegoogable. Oh, are we doing undegoogables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. He said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. This one came in. From listener Neil Sweeney. He's a longtime listener, first time caller. He says he says his computer was going haywire and on the fritz. And he started thinking, How's it going in DC? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a time to be alive. <laughs> I think we should address the the going haywire and on the fritz. Uh, maybe maybe Jason can answer the the going in DC thing. Yeah, no, sure. Shout shout out to Neil. He's a uh, uh, buddy of mine from Santa Cruz. Um, we shared a bay in the lab. Great guy. Um, Pistons fan, but we'll put that aside. Other than that, really. Are we guy. allowed to put that aside? I don't know. He's the one Pistons fan that I okay. can tolerate. So. All right. And what you realize is that... Um, Take your word for it. Almost every Pistons fan is also a Lions fan. Hmm. Uh, so you have sympathy for them. Yeah. So... Um, things are going great in DC, I suppose. 
<laughs> we have a new plaza. I don't know if you've heard about oh, this. Yeah. Black Lives Matter Plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is it because you can't go to Lafayette Square anymore? <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it true that uh, the uh, address of the White House is now 1600 uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza? <laughs> no, but it is at the intersection of Pennsylvania and Black Lives Matter Plaza. Okay. Gotcha. So the question, uh, I guess it's the phrase is going haywire and on the fritz. Mm. Which one you want to start with? I mean, the haywire one... Um, oh, you already know that, that one, this one? I don't know if I know it, but I feel like haywire is like, uh, you know, something when you, you, uh, when you're bailing hay, I think, you, you okay. know, you're, you're wrapping it with a wire. Um, and my guess is that there's like some, you know, pretty serious tension on those things and a haywire could be dangerous, you know, uh, if it, if it broke or if you cut it, it, it like could, you know. You know, sort of uh, flip off the the bale and poke someone in the eye or something, or so cut just, you good. I mean, you so, grew up in in farmland. I mean, the rest of us are city folks, so that's right. And you worked, you oh did God. some, you baled some hay, right? Uh, I didn't bale hay. I did work on a uh, a couple summers uh, uh, that I drove from the suburbs to to the farms. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I worked a couple summers on a, on a farm. It was a corn farm, so no no hay there. Okay. Um, okay. That makes sense in Indiana. But my 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 grandfather uh, my, on my mom's side, uh, you know, he had a uh, or my grandparents had a, a farm, uh, and I did. There was some hay out there. Um, and we would uh, you know we would spend some time in southeast Iowa uh, playing on the farm. You just kind of open the doors this, up and uh, your, run around. Is this your grandfather? A- of uh, granddad's old fizzy pop fame, uh, <laughs> or a different yeah, I think so. yeah. Oh, same guy. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So you're saying this so, is uh, an actual hay wire? It's a wire that that holds hay. Uh, I, and that's my best guess. And, you know, and like when you going haywire is is being, uh, like very tense, and then uncoiling when you're snapped and and hurting, hitting someone in the eye. Uh, yeah, I would say like the haywire could be dangerous, um, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I didn't do like a bunch of the farm work. We just like ran around outside. Like <laughs> we let us. They let us feed the cows. You were you we were going to. haywire while they were working. I don't know. I don't know the definition. <laughs> Quite possibly. Does anyone else have a, a, a guess into what a haywire is or what going haywire? I mean, I know what it means. It means it's just. You know, I guess we didn't necessarily say the definition, but it's it's. Uh, I just thought it was know, going crazy. It's it's misbehaving, it's not working correctly. Right. right. Uh, so I I thought uh, you know we had a similar uh, not a similar but the the last uh, wire undegoogleable thing was down to the wire, and I thought it was a bomb making um, reference, and when mm. I thought about this phrase, when I think about it, I think I still think of a bomb. And I think the image in my head is a bunch of different wires that are all like going in opposite directions and they're all tangled up, maybe like a bale of hay. Uh, and so, okay. so 
basically it's 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 bad. It's it's so, a it's a bomb that's about to lose control. So bomb making, bomb diffusing, central to every American idiom. <laughs> <Just hugely laughs> well, no, but what, I, what I learned in the last under Googles is that down to wire is not actually about bomb making. It's about horse racing. And so mm-hmm. I am going to say that the wire they used in horse racing was actually a wire bailing, uh, a, you know, a wire bale <clears throat> or bale wire. Um, it actually was a haywire back in the day. And so if you're going haywire, you're trying to get to the uh, finish line the fastest and you're just losing your mind. Okay. But, okay. Uh, but I that's, don't mind but, that. I don't mind that. I, I, I see where you're going with that. But one thing for me is like it also to me always uh, had the insinuation of uh, things not working correctly. You know? Right. Like something wasn't going right. Okay. You know? Yeah, okay. I think that's at the core of it. Right. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, my first inkling, I guess, was similarly that it derives from the thing that you tied around hay to keep it in it's place. Just, it's just a. It's a. It's a hay wire. But All I right. wonder if there's an alternative. <clears throat> Thing. I mean, so outside I wonder, of outside of horse racing and bomb making, there are no other wires. There's no other <laughs> wires. Yeah. So there are hay billing machines, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else are you going to do it? All your farmhands are just running around. <laughs> just going haywire. Cavorting <laughs> in the cornfields. <laughs> I wonder if there's some, you know, wire that if it gets tripped if the machine's overworked or somehow something screws up okay. there's a wire like a that gets or something like that that yeah or if it like if it like runs into like a cow or something mm. <laughs> you know or if it runs over a small child like it just stops for a minute yeah some sort of safety mechanism yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah. It's it's inherent. It's something's gone wrong, and yeah. so it's it's going haywire. There's a wire on the front of it that's just cutting through small children and <laughs> shutting off. Yeah, I'm. I can't think outside the box on this one. I can't get my mind away from that very literal understanding of a haywire. Should we should, let's sidebar and think about the other one? The, the on the fritz yeah, let's do that. Come back to this. Yeah, let's go. Let's sidebar. So on the fritz, which similar similarly means things are not working correctly, seems like it's very specific for electronic devices to me, and it's almost um, like onomatopoeia, like it's the it to me it's the sound of things shorting out. Like, it's on the fritz. Yeah. But maybe it's German. I don't know. Maybe it's some guy named Fritz that's really bad at things. I like onomatopoeia. (laughs) He's like like the Jerry of Germany. (laughs) Oh, well, you know what? So, I don't know if this... uh, Growing up, my grandfather used to always say we were Jerry-rigging something, which was about, you know, 
the Germans rigging stuff up, and maybe that's not okay to say anymore. But um, back when, if you were in World War II, you just said that. I don't know if that's you, racist. You call or white not. people whatever you want. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. So we always said jerry rigging stuff, um, and I suppose that you could, you Fritz could be, you could Fritz rig something, or right? I don't know. I mean, Jerry's are Germans, but. Yeah, I'm is that with where you. that term could... actually comes from, though? I've never heard that. Yeah, the Jerry's are the Germans, and they screwed stuff up during the war. I don't know if it was World War One or World War Two, but I'm not sure if that's where that term came from. Okay, well, that was what I was told by my grandfather. Mm. I think your grandfather was having some of the granddad's. <laughs> you, you've never heard. You've never heard the term Jerry rig. I've no, heard I have. The, of course, I've yeah. heard the term Jerry rig, but. <clears throat> I was just making a joke. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. I think the Jerry's are the Germans. That is a term for them, sure. Yeah. What? Did, where did? Where did your brain go uh, when he thought about on the Fritz, Harper? Um, I I went straight German. Okay. okay. Um, German engineering guys. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that. Uh, while Fritz may not be a saboteur, he's the German who doesn't understand engineering, so he just goes around and mucks stuff up. <laughs> gotcha. Do you okay. think there's it's an actual famous idiot. Fritz, or is this just like a... No, I think All it's Germans like, suck at stuff. <clears throat> I, I think that he's... Most Germans really good at engineering. Yeah, I, I think he's just a stand-in for, you know, the... We, we really didn't like the Germans for a while, is all I'm saying, Jason. <laughs> no, but uh, I think... Okay, but Harper, your your thinking is that it comes from like a ger- it's a German saying that then we adopted, or it's we're saying the German guy doesn't know what's going on. Come on, Fritz, get it together. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Sort of like Jerry Riggin, right? It's like, come on, Fritz. Yeah, I was more okay. thinking that it was imported by Germans. Oh, and okay. That Fritz represented the you know the local idiot. Okay, gotcha. Oh, okay, sure. Fritz is standing for the for the town sure. dummy. Immigrants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. I was so thinking we're... it was a racial war thing. <laughs> maybe that's just this day and time. Is uh. Yeah, maybe. Although I like the onomatopoeia too. Like it does sound I like. You like that the best. Yeah, it just sounds like electronics going out. It's it's on the Fritz. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. I feel like this term may have predated computers, though. Yeah, maybe sure. not electronics. You know? Right. Stuff can short out that aren't computers, right? Sure. Say your bailing machine. Yeah, your 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 bailing machine's it's going on the fritz. haywire. It's on the fritz, you know. <laughs> I feel like things with gasoline engines don't make a fritzy sound. But okay, so so our our general consensus is we think haywire comes from the farm somewhere. I I I think it's bomb making or horse racing, but I'll I'll go with the group. I'll go with the group. That's fine. Falconry (laughs) shakes any any chance Shakespeare's involved in this. There's always a chance. Yeah, there's always a chance. And we're thinking, if it's on the farm, it's probably like late nineteenth, early twentieth century. Because you need a hay baler, 
right? Once things are starting to get mechanized and yeah. doing stuff. Because I, cause I think sense? before you had the hay baler, you were just making piles of hay, right? Then you just pitchfork piles of hay? I think you bailed things. You like, but you just did it by hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because you would I want feel to like transport using some sort of twine or something for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a time when that twine turns into something metallic? I think with the mm. baler, right? And at that point, certainly it could become dangerous. And in fact, wait. I mean, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the the baled hay is even with actual like metal wire. I feel like it's still it's baled with twine. I think it's twine. Yeah. Like I've 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 tossed uh bales before and it's not metal. Well, it's so twine. then maybe that's in twine is like very frayy and frayed or whatever. So maybe that's just they call it haywire, but it's twine and it's if we considered that it's actually hay, you know, hay has got is wiry and things like that. Mm, could be. Okay, and then Fritz, we're going. I'm going to go World War uh, One. <clears throat> World War One. World War Two. Okay. I'm going World War Two. Yeah, I feel like there's more electronics. In World War Two. <laughs> There's more things to go on the Fritz in World War II. Yeah, what, are, what are you doing, Harper? You're going after... Uh... Yeah, I feel like it would be earlier than that. Okay. Um, early 20th century. So before World War One, or kind of around then? Yeah. Pre-World War One, sometime around then. German descent. And uh, Joey, are you going onomatopoeia, or did you like the uh, German stuff? Uh, onomatopoeia. Okay, that's definitely what, the one I like the best. Yeah, I, I like that one the best too. What, what's your uh, time error on that? The dawn mm. of electronics. Yeah, I mean, because I think people started having problems with electronics as soon as they were created. <laughs> so <laughs> that is totally true. Um, yeah. I immediately would have called you. Right. <laughs> Like my my wireless candle's not working. <laughs> or wired candle, I don't know. Alright, so for haywire we're kind of close. So uh the the meaning is to like likely to become tangled unpredictably or unusable or fall apart as though bound with the soft the kind of soft springy wire used to bind hay bales comes from usage in England, New England lumber camps circa 1905 where haywire outfit became the common term to refer to slapdash collections of logging tools haywire outfit okay that makes sense so the phrase finder actually says this may be a reference back to haywire outfits, but it's more likely to be a literal allusion to scrambled haywire. Anyone who has handled coils of wire will be familiar with its determination to tangle into ear, or to gather into an irretrievable tangle. 
So that's both wire and literal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does seem like the first written is from a U.S. Forestry Bureau bulletin. <laughs> Super technical manual there. Yep. <laughs> Coining new idioms. <laughs> it was a, described a haywire outfit as a contemptuous term for loggers with poor logging equipment. Okay. So we're close on that ish. I'm not finding anything else really. Uh, here we go, just to bring it back to basketball because that's what we do. Um, to go haywire was recorded in the late 1920s in this piece about a basketball game from the Helena Independent January 1928 their anxiety to score let their passing game go haywire with many wild heaves finding marks in the bleachers there you go so the closest to Colson's is from theguardian.com Going haywire is an expression used by electronic engineers in the 40s when the circuit designs were in an early experimental stage. The wiring of more complicated circuits at that stage often resembled a massive hay and was sometimes unstable in performance. Oh, so... Tidied up. Like so a somebody, So somebody else... Uh, like a bomb. So somebody else came up with the lame idea I did and then tried to make that fact by putting it on the internet? Because what, what, what date was that? That would have been in the 1940s. Okay. So when it came to its current meaning, right? I just, that's what I, when I thought of it visually, that's what I saw. But I mean, it seems like it was around before then, right? But you can see how visually that still is, works. Yeah. Yeah. Not having good luck on all the frets. Okay. Mm, it first appeared in about 1902. Got the date. Well done, Harper. But that's about it. This is looking like it's probably of unknown origin. Um, some people, especially the late John Ciacardi, the American poet and writer on words of his session, might be an imitation of the pst noise. So there's your onomatopoeia. Uh-huh. This theory falls down because none of the early examples is connected with electrical devices, and the phrase predates widespread use of electricity. Fritz was a nickname for a German soldier, but that didn't really start to appear as a nickname until 1914, so the term was already in use. Oh. Um, Are you seeing the uh, Hans and Fritz comic strip? Yeah, I just found that, yeah. From the Cots and Jammer kids. Um, and basically, they were always mucking things up, Hans and Fritz. Getting themselves in mischievous situations. Oh, that Fritz is such a. <laughs> such a. Such a. Such a. Such Hearst Corporation popularized it. Uh, 
Yeah, this seems. So, yeah, it seems like uh, the um, the the fact that we didn't like Germany definitely helped popularize this for sure. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that's where it came from. So. So it, I right. think we kind of nailed both of those. Honestly, as much as we were going to nail it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so jury rigged or jerry built or jerry rigged dates back to the 18th century. Oh, damn it. And it doesn't have to do with juries either. It has to do with some nautical crap. Mm. Ah. Rigging. Sure. I did. I, I was looking that up, too. And, and it looks like that. Um, so Jerry and jury became interchangeable at some point. It seems like. Uh, and but jury, I did not realize this. There, there, there's another uh, meaning of that, which is like, like temporary or, uh, like temporary. Basically, I think is like, which I've never heard that uh, meaning of it before. Huh. Just heard about the uh, the courtroom. And uh, you'll be happy to know, Colson, that Jerry built, and I assume Jerry rigged, is not considered to be a slur. Oh, good. That does make me feel better. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the Germans, apparently. Uh, it just means your granddad's lied to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true of all of our grandparents. <laughs> Good for them. I haven't forgiven them for that Santa Claus farce. <laughs> whoa, 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 Spoiler whoa. alert. <laughs> uh, all right, well... Um, Neil, I hope we uh, answered your questions and then and more, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good work, gentlemen. Yeah, it's a good lesson Another. for the for the listeners. You know, you send in two, yeah. you you're likely to get a third one free. <laughs> exactly, buy two, <laughs> get one free. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anything else uh, for the show, gentlemen? No, sir. I think we I think we. Uh, We've used our a lot of time. Um, well, I'd like to thank you for listening, uh, hanging out with us, and uh, uh, spending. You know, you could you could you could spend your time anywhere. You could spend your time, uh, you know, reading about uh, you know police brutality statistics. But you chose to spend it with us instead. I appreciate that. Um, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. Uh, we're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables uh, website, TheUndebeatables.com. Um, there's also a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. You can shoot us an email. Uh, it's a shout-out at TheUndebeatables.com. Uh, uh, our website slash store. We've got T-shirts for sale. For our once and always coach, Bobby Six Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. I sent Jason and uh, Aaron an email this week, but uh, the, um, the the person that was the last surviving uh, uh, citizen or the person that was uh, receiving uh, government aid from the Civil War uh, died uh, recently. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and it, her, her name was Triplet. Um, so I didn't know if the triplets were just good. Sucking at, off the government yeah. teat. Yeah.
you're not as shocked about that fact as you should be, Colson. Think about that. Somebody Civil War, just right. passed away yeah. who was getting a pension check yeah. from the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you have to be a direct descendant? Yes. Okay. It's pretty freaking impressive. Quite impressive. So, the story was... So, this lady was born in 19... 19- Okay. Her father had served in the Civil War, started out for the Confederates, but then defected and went to the Union. And he was probably like 18, right? Something like that, yeah. Maybe even younger. We were trying to do the math. Yeah, Yeah, 14. Uh, Because when he fathered her in 1930, he was 84 years old. Wow. 83 years old. Yeah. Wow. That's super dope. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I don't know. And that. then she and then she lived to dope. <laughs> and then she lived till ninety, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like his second or third wife or something like that. Second wife or second wife. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good for him. Shout out. Triplets. Yeah, I don't know. But apparently it's not He defected right in time, you know, and went to the union. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably Summer. for the pension. Playing you know? for the winners. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't see where this is going. <laughs> Good for me. It's, it's generational money. Exactly. <laughs> it's a generational government teat. And what was the check, Joey? It was like, it's like seventy nine dollars or something like that. Seventy or eighty bucks, something like that. A month? A month, I, I think, yeah. yeah. I think that's what that was. That's a lot of math. 73.13 a month. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, when you're, when you're going to start a war, uh, think about how much uh, money is going to be tied up with that. Yeah, do you think the... Uh, for, for generations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think, like, the uh, White House accountant was like, thank God. Like, I've just been having to deal with the Civil War still for so long. Right. right. Oh, we could finally close the books on the Civil War. <laughs> close down a whole division. That's right. 